It's Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams is making a shocking racial claim. He says that the white governor of Texas is targeting some of America's black mayors and all because of the immigration crisis. So I'll explain the allegation and whether the facts support it. Second, we shift gears to international news with Taiwan's foreign minister saying that China will soon invade. I'll tell you the date. Third, a very unlikely country is standing up to China this morning, and I'll give you a hint who it is. We actually tried to kill their leadership for about 20 years. Fourth, the country of Poland is tossing some rhetorical bombs at the pharmaceutical company of Pfizer. And it all has to do with some overpriced and unused COVID vaccines. Later, we close out the podcast with a question from Nicole from the lovely city of Shakopee, Minnesota. So she asks, why does the media push silly stories about, say, the Kardashians or the British royals when we have so many other important things to talk about? Well, Nicole, I've got an answer for you. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams is making a shocking claim this morning. According to a press release from his office, America's black mayors are being targeted by a white governor, specifically Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, because the Lone Star State is busing and dumping illegal migrants in black-run cities like New York. So let me read you the press release from the mayor's office. Quote, This weekend, we learned that Governor Abbott is once again deciding to play politics with people's lives by resuming the busing of asylum seekers to New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Denver, and Washington, D.C. Not only is this behavior morally bankrupt and devoid of any concern for the well-being of asylum seekers, but it is also impossible to ignore the fact that Abbott is now targeting five cities run by black mayors. Put plainly, Abbott is using this crisis to hurt black-run cities, end quote. All right. In a follow-up interview yesterday, Mayor Adams, who is black, said that he had proof that Governor Abbott, who is white, well, that he was using these busing policies to harm black-run cities. Quote, we have 108,000 cities in America. So where did Abbott choose to send those migrants Well, he chose New York, Chicago, Denver, Los Angeles, Houston, Washington. And each one of those cities are run by black mayors, end quote. Now, for good measure, Mayor Adams said that he's not accusing the governor, Governor Abbott, of being racist. No, it's just that Governor Abbott is a white man who is targeting black mayors. Okay, not really sure what that means, but regardless... Let's ask ourselves this morning if Mayor Adams is correct. Do the facts support his very inflammatory allegation? Well, let's just start with one Texas city, El Paso, who, of course, has been busing illegals to various places around America. So that city is led by a Democrat, a Hispanic man named Oscar Leeser. So according to the city, they have bussed 
10,713 illegal migrants to New York City. But that is more than double the governor's office. In fact, he said that they've only arranged 5,200 illegals to the Big Apple. So judging by just that one Texas city, which is run by a Hispanic Democrat, it means that Mayor Adams is just wrong on the facts. But I'll tell you, this actually distracts from a much more important story, right? Illegal migrants are being asked where they would like to go once they get to America unlawfully. And they are choosing cities like Denver, Chicago, and New York. So here's what we know about that. The pro-immigrant organization called Catholic Charities operates an office actually in Houston, and they help process illegal migrants who come through Texas. So last week, the New York Post interviewed the lead official of Catholic Charities in Houston. It's a woman named Karina Hernandez. And she said that it is illegals who are choosing New York City and Chicago as their top choices for a final destination. And the reason, she said, was, quote, they have family there. They know people there, end quote. Okay, so here again, Mayor Adams is wrong on the facts, right? It it may be that a white governor is sending illegals to a black-run city, but it's because the illegals are saying that they want to go there. But here's something that you might not know and that Mayor Adams would probably prefer that you not know. Ladies and gentlemen, black mayors are sending their illegal migrant problems to other black mayors. Oh boy. So here's what we know about that. Last December, the city of Mayor, which is run by a black man named Michael Hancock, well, they got a sudden influx of illegal migrants and people were scratching their heads saying, why Denver? Well, as reported by the Denver Post and the Colorado Sun, the answer is not that Governor Abbott had anything to do with it. It Actually, it was the illegal migrants themselves. They had used social media to coordinate a group trip to Denver because the belief was that the the sudden arrival of so many of them would guarantee more free services like housing and food, education, health care, and yeah, even sometimes jobs. Well, that left the city of Denver in a bit of a financial pickle, right? How could they afford this sudden influx of illegal migrants and all their demands for free services? Because they couldn't. So Mayor Hancock, again, a black man, decided to get rid of his problem. As reported by the Denver Post, he spent $492,000 to buy one-way bus tickets to other cities across America. Now, what cities... Did this black mayor send the illegal migrants to? Any guesses? Well, I'll tell you, I got the answers. The number one destination that he sent these illegal migrants to was Chicago, run by a black mayor. Second was New York City, which of course is run by a black mayor as well. And the third top destination by these illegal migrants, it was Atlanta, run by a black mayor. All right, let me just emphasize something. At no point this morning have we learned of any data out of whether it be El Paso or Houston or Denver that would suggest that we've got a case of a racist white governor driving a crisis for black mayors. In fact, it's the contrary. Illegal migrants are choosing their final destination or black and brown mayors are, well, shuffling their illegal migrant problem to each other. 
So those, ladies and gentlemen, are the facts. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. Let me tell you what I see. I see that Mayor Adams is using the explosive issue of racism to distract from truth. And the truth is this. Many of America's cities, run by Democrats of all colors, have decided to embrace sanctuary city policies as an expression of their city's values. All right, according to the Center for Immigration Studies, there are well over 100 sanctuary cities in the United States, plus 11 states. And that means, folks, that many of America's cities are logically going to be magnets for illegals because, well, those cities are offering things like free housing and food, transportation, education, medical care, and most importantly, a refusal to cooperate with federal officials who seek to deport those illegals who obviously are here because they broke the law. So let's actually do a thought experiment to just prove the point, right? Imagine that you are an illegal migrant and you are considering where to go once you arrive in this country unlawfully. And let's say that you don't know anybody here. Where are you going to go? Well, you are probably going to go to one of those sanctuary cities because you get something for nothing and you get protection from deportation. And let's be honest, I get it, right? I think you probably get that conceptually anyway, right? Most humans would make that choice. But here's the deal. What sanctuary mayors are discovering is that free stuff is actually pretty expensive, According to Mayor Adams himself, his city has to come up with over $4.2 billion for those sanctuary policies. And as he said, quote, New York is being destroyed by this crisis, end quote. And he's right. It is being destroyed. If you've been there lately, you know that New York City has frankly turned into a dump. But that has nothing to do with a white governor in Texas. Right. The facts and data this morning make that clear. And you know what? Mayor Eric Adams knows that. He knows that he is in a political and financial pickle, crisis even. And he's trying to get out of it by distracting people and voters with this allegation of racism. So I'll let you decide how to describe that. But I think that what it says about his character and his heart this morning, at least from my optic, well, it's pretty disgusting. And frankly, it's unforgivable. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Maybe take a breath or two. <sighs> All right. Well, there's not going to be any ads for now, ladies and gentlemen. So enjoy this ad-free experience. And we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue, ladies and gentlemen, with our briefs this morning. And we're going to pivot now towards international news. So first up, the foreign minister of Taiwan is saying that he and his government believe that China will invade Taiwan in the year 2027. So that is the year, he said, that Beijing will have its military at, quote, full capacity, end quote. The foreign minister, by the way, made this prediction to Australian press on Monday. The minister also offered this, I think, interesting tidbit. China, in his government's view, is assembling a block of, quote, leftist and rogue nations, end quote, that will join as allies during the upcoming war. Now, for what it's worth, the President Xi of China has recently met with leaders in Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Honduras, South Africa, and Brazil, to just name a few. 
He also, of course, met with the president of France, who very famously said that Europe should stay out of any fight between China and the U.S. Regardless, Taiwan's foreign minister, who, by the way, is named Joseph Wu, said that his government is rapidly adjusting to this likelihood of war. For instance, he said the conscription period for Taiwanese men is being extended from four months to one year. Plus, training programs have been upgraded to include more advanced combat techniques, and the overall annual military budget has been boosted by almost 15%. But despite all of that, the foreign minister acknowledged that China was investing far more in military weaponry and that an arms race between uh, Taipei and Beijing is, well, futile. Instead, Taiwan, he said, should focus on asymmetrical warfare, things like guerrilla warfare or sabotage operations. And listen to this, folks. Taiwan must rely on the United States to come to its aid. And just to be very clear, that is the reason that we should care about this issue and this brief. Because based on public assessments on, well, what the first week alone would look like between the U.S. and China, war between our countries, America would lose tens of thousands of service members plus hundreds of aircraft and dozens of ships. So we might want to ask ourselves the question, right? Is the Taiwanese foreign minister correct that a war with China will come in 2027? And if so, does that mean that we are going to lose tens of thousands of service members? Well, I'll tell you, it's not a foregone conclusion, but I think what we're hearing out of Taiwan this morning and frankly, places like Washington, D.C., well, it's more likely than not that some degree of conflict with China will come. And that, folks, is why I focus so much here on The Right Report about issues related to China. Because if we are to face a war with Beijing, well, you all should be getting prepared now and ensure that our policymakers are getting prepared too. And that actually takes us to our next brief of the morning. There is at least one country out there whose leadership is standing up to Beijing, at least a little bit. And I think you might be surprised at who it is. According to Arab News, the Taliban has rejected a Chinese company's bid to develop a $10 billion lithium mine. So here are the details, starting with something that you might not know. Afghanistan has what is likely to be the world's largest reserves of lithium. Although there is some debate about that, but regardless, lithium is critical for the creation of lithium-ion batteries. And as listeners know, those power things like electric vehicles, along with other parts of the energy revolution that some call green energy, but it's really quite dirty. At any rate, the Taliban thinks that they have quite a bit of lithium in their country, and frankly so too does a Chinese company called Goshen. So those folks submitted a proposal to the Afghan Ministry of Mines and Petroleum to spend upwards of $10 billion to develop a lithium mine. And that money would go for an upgrade to roads and tunnels, build a hydroelectric dam, and ultimately, it would go towards the creation of 120,000 jobs. And that sounds pretty good if you're the Taliban, except the Islamic government is holding out for more. Quote, we are not in a hurry for that lithium contract with Beijing. We are not obliged to give this contract only to China. We will consider our own benefits too, end quote. 
That's the word from Hamayun Afghan, the spokesman for the Afghan Ministry of Mines and Petroleum. All right, so what's the reason for this hardball with China? Well, according to Arab News, there have been multiple companies from lots of countries all around the world who would like a little slice of that Taliban lithium. Of course, that's all because demand is skyrocketing for that mineral. All for those electric vehicles and those industrial batteries necessary for solar and wind farms. One last thing to tell you about. So if the Chinese company involved in this deal, the Goshen company, if that sounds familiar, well, it should. It appears that they are the same company that's called Goshen that plans to build a battery plant in rural Michigan. Right, that company is well known for its close ties to the Communist Party. In fact, that's a detail that I shared with you during a brief back on April 18th, if you want to go back and learn more. But regardless, I think that's pretty darn interesting. The Taliban can stand up to China, but uh, apparently leaders in Michigan can't. I'll let you decide what to think about that. But regardless, this takes us to our last brief of the morning. And this next piece comes to us from the European country of Poland. So leaders in the capital city of Warsaw are blasting the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer, all because Poland and others in Europe signed a contract with Pfizer that they say, well, it's unfair. And it has to do with COVID vaccines. So here's what we know as reported by the folks at Bloomberg. Yesterday, the Polish health minister released a letter to Pfizer and its shareholders saying that the contract to supply hundreds of millions of doses of COVID vaccines is, quote, utterly pointless, end quote. And that's because nobody wants the vaccines and Europe can't give them away to anybody. According to the Polish government, anyway, demand for COVID vaccines has collapsed and poor countries all around the world have said that they don't want them either. And so the Polish government is arguing that rather than pay the hundreds of millions of dollars for vaccines that are just going to go quite literally down the drain, well, Warsaw wants the contract to be canceled. And they argue that's really important to do because Poland and others in Europe are paying billions of dollars for the war effort in Ukraine. So better that their money go to that than these crazy vaccines. Well, as you might guess, Pfizer is not interested in canceling the contract, although they do point to a clause in the contract that says it can be canceled, but you're going to have to pay a fee, half the cost of each vial of vaccine. To which the Polish government this morning is saying something is, well, in Polish, there's probably a curse word, but they said this in their press release, quote, I am sorry to conclude that Pfizer, which we have all considered for a long time, as part of the solution to the healthcare challenges of the world, well, they are now becoming part of the problem to the healthcare challenges of the world. End quote. All right, I'll let you all decide if uh, Pfizer is the bad guy here or not. But as you do, as you wrestle with that, and as you have time, you should check out an article by Kaiser Health News. It is, well, let me tell you, I think it's got a perfect title. And that title is this. How Pfizer won the pandemic in profit and influence. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which should be ad-free for now. And we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. I got a great email 
from Nicole from the fine city of Shakopee, Minnesota. She asked me this question. Why does the media push silly stories, say, about the Kardashians or the British royals when we have so many other important things to talk about? So, Nicole, great question. It turns out that while you or me and, well, everyone listening this morning, we want to talk about important things, a lot of people don't. And I'm going to tell you a story about how I know that is true. So for quite a while, I wrote for Fox News. And the very first time that I went into the headquarters of that place in New York City, I saw an electronic board that was up on a wall. And it listed every article that was running on their website. And it ranked each article based on clicks. And on that board was either one of two kinds of articles. Either it was about stuff that, well, something crazy that a Democrat had said or done, or stuff about the Kardashians and British royals. And I asked one of my colleagues uh, about why that was. And they said, well, it's because that's what the people want. So that is what we give them. All right. Now, before someone out there bashes Fox News for putting out silly content, you should know that the exact same thing happens at left-leaning outlets like MSNBC or New York Times. Right? They will only publish or bring on television guests who repeat the things that Democrat listeners or readers want to hear about, right? Stuff that you know makes them feel right. As just one example, so shortly before I started recording, I looked at CNN.com, and the headlines included the latest fashion from the Met Gala or the upcoming coronation of King Charles this Saturday. So that's what the people want. And that is what places like CNN and Fox News give you. That might be a little bit uh, depressing. I get it. But that's all right. Because here on The Right Report, we are going to do the important stuff, right? And occasionally, we might do some fun or silly things that are at the same time still educational or interesting. And I, I hope that you continue to enjoy that commitment of mine. Because I have a blast putting it all together for you. And I think that we're doing our little part to make our families stronger, our country just a little bit smarter, and maybe just a little bit better than the old Kardashians and their latest outfits. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.